Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of MetaStrategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest this week is Alvaro Pombo. Alvaro is the founder and chief executive officer of Pronto Forms Corporation, a publicly traded software and mobile app developer based in Ottawa, Ontario, that provides users with a low-code development platform to build apps for enterprise field service management. Prior to founding Pronto Forms, he was the chief information officer and vice president of global information technology for the carrier internetworking division of Alcatel Lucent. In this interview, Alvaro gives valuable advice to other CIOs who would wish to follow in his footsteps to become a CEO. First, he notes that technologists can become too enamored with technology. He highlights that since businesses ultimately care most about outcomes, that they should focus on transformations that impact the broader business. He also underscores the importance of becoming proximate to customers, noting that they care most about outcomes that are scalable. We also discuss the genesis story of Pronto Forms, how the company managed through the 2008 financial crisis, other advice that he has for CIOs who wish to rise above the role, and a variety of other topics. Well, Alvaro Pombo, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Uh, great speaking to you, Peter. Thank you so much. No, oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Alvaro, um, uh, you are the chief executive officer, also the founder of Pronto Forms Corporation, a publicly traded uh, company based in Canada, in Ottawa, in fact, the capital of Canada, uh, an organization you founded nearly two decades ago. I wonder, I thought we'd begin, a logical place to begin is, in your own words, describing Pronto Forms business. Yeah, Peter. So thanks for the opportunity. I mean, uh, Prontoform's business is about uh, helping uh, the people in the field, those field workers, uh, to have a more productive day in their lives. It's about them. Uh, I'll tell you more how you get to them, but it's about making them more productive. It, That's yeah, our I, business. I would love. I'd love to hear more about that. How, how do you do so? Talk a bit about the methods, the sure. the product you, you you provide in order to allow them to do so. Yeah, so a little bit of uh, history here is quite appropriate. So uh, a few a few years back, I mean, quite a few years back, I was uh, uh, I used to work uh, for Exxon Corporation, and uh, doing a lot of automation or trying to do a lot of automation in the field, I noticed that there was a particular desire from these people in the field to get their business and the way they perform it improved. But technology was always an impediment plus simplicity was the fundamental thing in their mind. They didn't want to have a complex IT story. They, these are people that are different than the people in the, inside the building. They want to be out there because they like the elements, because they like doing what they're doing in front of a customer. So for them, technology, as long as enables them and is not intrusive, they're all for it as long as it keeps their life simple. So if I put that into a little bit of a time capsule, um, at some point in my life, I uh, was a CIO for a very large telecommunications equipment manufacturer. And um, at that particular point in time, I thought about the opportunity of enabling those people that I saw before uh, at Exxon. 
Uh, long story short, I ended up going to the Valley, working uh, with Palm, and uh, while I was raising the money to get this company off the ground. And we got it going with the vision of helping those individuals out there. Obviously, uh, easier said than done. And uh, obviously, adoption is a key word in uh, any technology technology business. So it took a while. It took a while for, I mean, devices to be in the hands of people. We all thought that the Palms and uh, the uh, Symbian devices, the Nokias, the RIMs, I mean, I can go through a list of a lot of defunct uh, operating systems and tries to make this market happen. And really only until 2007, when Mr. Jobs put that uh, great device out there, and really 2010, when the iPad arrives into the enterprise, is that the business really start taking off. So that's the genesis of it, and I'll tell you more about it in a few. That's great. And I, I know that you've got some interesting perspectives in terms of uh, how markets evolve. Again, you've been around for a couple of decades. You've ridden the waves of that. You've been through. You, you began in a recession. You experienced the recession of 08. Um, talk a bit about your own, uh, having lived through all of this, uh, through the course of running this business, talk a bit about your perspectives on the evolution of markets. Yeah, I mean, number one is uh, sometimes you're too close to the problem. Uh, that's uh, obviously a very uh, challenging thing. When you see it too close and when you see the need, uh, you try to move very quickly on those needs. Enterprises, I always say that consumers adopt quite quickly. They have the wallet, they have their brain, and they have their heart, and those three are quite well wired. Uh, so decisions happen very quickly. Uh, in the case of the enterprises, I mean, those three elements are quite distinct. Uh, so it takes a while to connect the three. Um, they're also the reality is that these technologies, sometimes you see them too close and you believe they're ready. I remember the first uh, few uh, uh, use cases that we sold. They had to be connected through a Bluetooth device that it was in a different part of the truck. Anyway, very complicated. And as I said at the beginning, uh, it is all about that field technician uh, looking for simplicity. So when you come back to adoption, adoption is a very tricky word in the enterprise. Um, I believe that uh, there are certain companies that get it right. I didn't, okay, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, for a while. However, in that process, we learn it pile about the uh, the needs for simplicity and who needed the simplicity, which is the most important part, the field, but also what's IT's role in deploying those capabilities, which we can uh, talk more about it. So really, two decades of being very close to the problem and seeing it evolving, but the most important part is that I have no doubt the market is here. We have evidence, empirical numbers, everything, and uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, for the moment to be now. I'll go into that in a little bit more detail. And, and um, you, as I mentioned earlier, are a publicly traded company. You made that decision to do so a little more than a decade ago. Talk a bit about um, the rationale behind that and maybe some of the interesting attributes or vicissitudes of being a publicly traded company. Peter, you're very nice in saying the rationale. <laughs> 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 There's sometimes the stuff that you have to do for survival. So I'll try to paint uh, the story for people uh, to understand a little bit about the background on that decision. 
2008. So we've been in business, we've been selling, and uh, we sell, but it's always pushing on a rope, okay? And we get to 2008, and there is revenue, but it's not continuous revenue. It was hard. And again, our customers were saying, yeah, I need this, I'm buying it, but not necessarily going very fast. At that particular point in time is where I'm saying that operating system changes, new device comes to the picture, to the table. And at that point, there was no money in 2008 around the world anywhere. Canada, in particular, had a, partic- a set of circumstances that were quite positive. And if you recall at the time, there was a lot of investment going on into uh, the uh, oil and mining industries in Canada. And there was uh, a structure, a mechanism created to raise money for high uh, risk ventures. Uh, we took advantage of that for pure survival. Uh, the result of that was we have, uh, I mean, extremely good uh, governance. Uh, very, there are no skeletons in the clauses, very tight share structure, but we were very small in revenue. So it took us a while. We're now uh, into the $16 million of revenue, growing at 30% year over year. Uh, 95% of that revenue is recurrent and uh, breaking uh, cash flow break even. So it's a pretty good story that continues to evolve in a good way. So connected to the public market uh, position, too early to be public, no question about. There is some circumstances that were more, I mean, call it endemics to the to the time where we make uh, that decision. However, the good news is that they kept the company very clear and very tight on its operation. And we didn't have a monstrous amount of money, so very close to bootstrapping. And uh, we have lost money, obviously, throughout the process. But it's a very tight operation, which has made it very real. Right now that the growth is here, uh, we're really able to sprint faster. That's great. And talk a bit about the the sources of that growth. I, it's interesting. You've, you've mentioned a few times that now now you've you've uh, you definitively kind of hit a growth patch. Uh, you mentioned to to me earlier that uh, you're growing at roughly thirty percent. I believe you said. Uh, talk a bit about where you see the organization growing to. How, how you see whether it's the people that you employ, whether it's the markets you're going into, or industries even that you're kind of connecting with. Talk a bit more about that. Yeah. So um, the growth, I mean, has come into, I mean, the the problem, how how do we automate, how do we help those field people is through the automation of their workflows. So then, I mean, how do you automate the workflows uh, is ultimately, there are two ways to do it, okay? You either code and do complicated things, or you make them that simple, okay? Uh, And when you make them that simple, you're enabling people in the organization to make those things. We call them citizen developers. This is all under a concept that Gartner referred to it as low-code application platforms, LCAP. So we're in their quadrant specifically specifically focused on the field. So as you're connecting all these people to enable these workflows, I mean, the first assumption that exists is that people have to have multiple workflows. And that's the truth. I mean, if you look at macroeconomically what is going on in the field automation right now is, I mean, the first stage of field automation was about, okay, where is my truck uh, and can you give me uh, information about it? It's your most expensive asset. It comes with parts. It comes with uh, many things and your people, I mean, the people on that truck. Second phase of that was, okay, I have to fulfill a work order and a work order is ultimately an enabler to track what? 
your assets, I mean, parts, as well as getting an invoice through the door. So that was more, call it, of a financially driven um, a field automation, okay, that happens around what is called field service management. Now, on top of that, the reality is that when you get to enable your technician, the technician has a lot of workflows, a lot of workflows that they perform. They inspect things. They ingest data. They want to treat the customer right. They are, and operations, when they're advanced, they want to have the right, call it protocols, I mean, checklists and sophisticated workflows to deal with those circumstances. So the people that have the majority of these problems are large enterprises. Okay, large enterprises with field forces in the thousands uh, or tens of thousands of people. Um, they have operations across multiple uh, geographies. They have operations across multiple stages of a product life cycle. So they have a huge demand for workflows everywhere. Okay, so I always said that our focus comes down to large enterprises. Why? Because they have a lot to automate. Second, the cost of that automation, if you're trying to do every single one of those workflows with a Java developer, is non-scalable. IT will choke, okay? There is no way you can do these things at that scale. So, I mean, large enterprises, in our cases, we're talking about people with 100 to 200, 300 workflows that they have in our platform. All of them built without a single line of code unless, I mean, you have to integrate with, I don't know, getting some data out of your ERP, but built by citizen developers, empowering the edge of the organization to resolve and to automate in the best possible way. So long-winded way to say large enterprises is where the majority of the growth is coming from, okay? And those are the guys with the biggest pain point, and we have a wonderful platform for them, including for their IT constituents at the table of that uh, automation. Very interesting. I, I want to return to a point you made earlier, and that is that you were, for a time, uh, the chief information officer of a couple different companies, most recently uh, Alcatel. And this was in yeah. a period not long before you founded the company. Uh, thankfully, there's been a rise in CIOs who've gone on to found companies or become CEOs of organizations. This was really early, though, in, in uh, that yeah. trend. One would not even <laughs> consider it a trend at all. I can only imagine to some extent people might have even thought it presumptuous that you would think so, uh, you know, think that that could be, could be your destiny. And I wonder if you could talk a bit about kind of overcoming the extent to which I, I this is my hypothesis to, to test with you, overcoming that uh, since it wasn't a very well-trod path uh, to go from CIO to founder and CEO of an organization. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, I mean, a few things. Number one, I take my hat off to CIOs and to IT people every day of my life. They're in a very tough spot. I mean, you're a cost center for an organization perceived by some people as a tax, and you have everything moving every day uh, against your will. Technology is changing. People are changing. Uh, skill set are changing. So it's a fascinating job in terms of a challenge, okay? So I leave that challenge, and um, my belief was to uh, really sign up to enabling them to automate and to deliver automation to the field. I saw it very quickly and uh, very early in my career, what the challenges were. So I honestly believe that what we're doing at Pronto Forms is more, I mean, it's an extension to enabling IT to scale, 
enabling IT to reach uh, a new level. And it was that drive to see the business coming through that pushed me to start uh, a company, okay? And I believe that uh, we as ex-CIOs and current CIOs, I think we're very well positioned for it. I mean, we understand what resource allocation is all about. We understand technology, technically competent, understand people, okay, which is a fundamental resource. Uh, understand poverty, which is a very important thing. I mean, when you're starting a business, it depends what your means and ways of funding are. But it's all about resource allocation and, and, and placing them in a very good way. So uh, I seriously believe that um, I will vote for a lot of CIOs. I'm probably not the best uh, representative so far. One day, the Times, uh, I mean, the, the chapter will be written. I'm in the middle of writing it. Uh, but I think uh, we have a very interesting combination of skills that I think uh, puts us in a very good position to lead, uh, I, uh, to lead uh, technology companies. That's interesting. Are there any other recommendations you'd offer to CIOs who'd wish to follow the path that you have hewn? Ah, interesting question. Okay, so here, um, I think that as technologists, uh, we drink too much the Kool-Aid of technology and it goes down to the adoption. I'm, I'm speaking for myself, okay? But uh, I, was, I was very, very close to the technology and the whole story of adoption of that technology. Uh, you want to start your own company, so you want to be ahead of that. But sometimes you're too close and, and you move uh, too early. Uh, so that will be, I mean, watch it. I'm happy to share some of the of the lessons on that. Uh, you'll have my contact info. I'm happy to to guide uh, people through through the perils of going too early into these things. Um, I'll say that is a big one. The second one is businesses um, ultimately care about outcomes, and it depends what kind of CIO you are. You will be. I don't know, to incline to the technology part uh, rather than the business part. Hopefully, you have made your transformation already to be closer to the business. And if you are, you are going to have uh, less of that trouble. And the last piece I'll say is, uh, I mean, it comes down to uh, your customers. Um, you think they care a lot about technology, but the real customers, the real decision maker does not. Okay, they care about outcomes and outcomes that are scalable. Uh, so it's about things that you can repeat uh, as opposed to the thing. I think there are companies that do leading edge things and very transformational. And there are a lot of us that do things that matter. Okay, uh, and that can be scaled and that can be that can change a few decimal points or percentage points in someone's PNL, and that's very relevant. So I think you have to to be careful at what, how how close you get to a problem. Excellent. Well, Alvaro Pombo, thank you so much for taking time with me today for describing your own personal journey as an entrepreneur, uh, the pathway from chief information officer to chief executive officer, and providing some thoughts about how you see this market evolving uh, going forward. It's been a great conversation. Peter, thanks for listening. Thanks for the patience and thanks to your listeners uh, for, um, for uh, hearing the story. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me next week when my guest will be Greg Myers, the Chief Information Officer and Chief Digital Officer of Syngenta Group.